0: warning the following podcast contains mature content listener discretion is advised every person thinks they would
1: never succumb to the addictions that litter this world none of us realize just how easy it is to fall into the trap of addiction we assume it would never seduce us never impact us never kill us but we'd be wrong
0: deadly wrong the following are true accounts of just a small percentage of people who struggle with addiction issues. We are honored to share their stories. Welcome. 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 Welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome.
0: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome.
0: Welcome. 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 Welcome.
1: Welcome.
0: Welcome. 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 Welcome to Addicted. Welcome back to another episode on Addicted. On this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. I have somebody who isn't in the addiction field per se, but he is a part of the mental health and trying to help people. JD, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself, your podcast, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Welcome. I'm you know, glad to be here. Uh, my name is JD. I'm the, the host of Dark Days, Bright Nights. More importantly, I'm the founder of the brand Dark Days, Bright Nights that centers around helping people find triumph over trauma, you know, allowing people to have a conversation, share their story. Um, I believe the power of story. And so that's what the podcast focuses on. It's not just mental illness and the topics themselves, but the real life application of them, because we all, we all have a story to tell. I'm glad to be here to to share my stories um, and 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 help in any way can when it comes to addiction, especially.
0: What drove you to a start your podcast and b start your brand? So we'll start with the brand because the po- that definitely came first. I
1: have always enjoyed health in all aspects. I've never been the person to prescribe to you know eat this and work this way and meditate that way. I just know that it's important, and I know that it's something that you know, it doesn't come easy for a lot of people, but just kinda comes naturally to me. I I I'm in the the category of enjoy it, not like, oh my God, I didn't get to the gym today guy. And I'm also not the one like, I don't care at all. So the brand started actually as just a a personal training and kind of health and wellness all together. And then I realized all the conversations that I was having had really nothing to do with eating, you know, kale smoothies and and doing fifty push ups a day. It was all mindset. It was all People that, yeah, we know that we need to eat better, or I know that I need to get outside more, but I can't because of this, or, you know, I, you know, I feel this way about myself. And I'm like, that's the problem. That's why you see people signing up for, you know, 30 day challenge after 30 day challenge and trying this diet plan and that diet plan. I'm like, this isn't the right way to do it. And so my, my brand kind of shifted gears to the the fact that I talk and deal and, I truly enjoy being the person that talks about mental illness, both the dark and the light. The podcast kind of grew from that. I've always wanted to have a podcast. I just knew I wasn't the person that just wanted to sit down and ramble about just, you know, anything and everything. I wanted to have a, a purpose behind it and it was probably, I, I hate to be one of those pandemic people, but it was probably right around the time that I'm sitting at home figuring out, most of my conversations anyway were online with people um, and virtual, so that wasn't too hard of a switch, but you're having people deal with other health things. They don't necessarily want to deal with this as well. Kind of no time than, than the present, basically, to start it, and podcast did the same thing. It was like I can have all these conversations about health, and then I realized again that, that's That's great, and people love that, but it's almost like they eat up that advice, and then like they're on to the next thing, and it was like, I'm not helping anybody, let alone myself. The podcast kind of grew into to just that it's It's being open and honest both with myself every episode, uh, you know, as far as what these topics, these tough situations for a lot of people, you know how they hit me, but being able to share those stories with others, and it's been enjoyable, actually, kind of weird to because you know talking about everything from you know um, hoarding to you know addiction here I, you know I have stories in the in the works for those too and those are hard to hear but it's enjoyable because I know that I'm giving people an opportunity to share their story and I may not be a therapist I'm just a, a human being that likes to talk and thinks that we all need to talk From the beginning of the year really is when I shifted to just doing that I'm like forget doing an interview with somebody that you know may or may not matter to the whole topic. There's real life people. Those are the people that should be talked to.
0: So, do you have any formal training or is this kind of just something out of like a labor of love type of thing?
1: Like I said, I'm not a therapist. Um, I make sure that's very clear all the time. I am, however, certified as a, a, a health coach through an American Council of Exercise. So, my certification is that. So, I may not be allowed to prescribe medication if need be. I may not be able to, you know, have those serious conversations about emotions necessarily, but I can certainly still within my scope of practice, I'm allowed to guide that conversation. I'm allowed to make you think I'm allowed to, you know, help you kind of work through it. But I, you know, still prescribe to the philosophy that you have to kind of know, know where your boundary is. And I don't know how many people, you know, necessarily believe in that or abide by that. It's just kind of like, well, I've been doing this, you know, for this many years, or, You know, in my case, they're like, "Well, I've suffered with depression for you know ten years." I certainly I can talk about it and deal with it with other people, and it's like you can, based you know, with your experience, but that doesn't give you a license to to talk. So I'm I'm certainly the one that will also tell you that. Look, like you know, I've had several clients that you know that be the case that you know they kind of realized through our conversation week to week that it was like you're right. Like I do need to see. I do need to see a therapist, or I do need to go see my nutritionist or my doctor. That's what my it's health coach role anyway. But that's my hope, any as you know, with anything that I do, is that I at least get you to see that, look, this is it's okay that you're feeling this way or dealing with this. Here's the avenue that I'm, you know, kind of the bridge that connects all that. That you know, maybe your doctor was like, hey you know, your heart's not doing good, but they can't tell you what to eat. They can tell you that you probably shouldn't eat a lot of pizza versus more salads, but they can't prescribe anything beyond that. Your nutritionist can. Your nutritionist can tell you that, hey, look, eating all this may not be great for your heart. They can't check your heart. The doctor can. So it's that that I get to do for mental health as well. And I don't know if there's a lot of people having that kind of a conversation. Candid maybe as far as what they're going through, but finding the right avenue and the modality for people to of manage their their symptoms
0: so basically you're there as a coach not like a self-help guru right correct i just want to dispel that right now right because i don't want people to think that you're out there you know what i mean trying to be this grander than thou
1: kind of persona right i am definitely fine with flying under the radar and just you know being a a normal human being um like i said that Things that we all need to talk more, Uh, you know. No, I I think there's a lot of people that do that and do that well, and there's a lot of people that do that, and it just becomes that, you know, kind of self-serving, and that's dangerous, especially, you know, when you're looking at mental illness, you know, you're steering somebody with in the wrong direction, possibly, or prescribing something that, you know, and it goes with anything health-related, you know. Like, I could tell you could ask me like, "Hey, JD, like your your hair looks amazing. What are you doing?" Well, I, I mean, I. I found that, you know, using ramen noodle soup in the shower once a week worked. And that just happened to work for me. You go do it and all your hair falls out and then I'm to blame, you know, it's that, you know, and people are very, very quick to eat up advice, no matter what you're talking about, you know, health related. My wife is an oncology nurse, for example, and she has patients all the time that she has to field these questions that over the weekend, they talked to somebody or saw something or read something that you know, supposedly works to to help manage their, their cancer, their, or their version of cancer. And you, you kind of, I mean, if you really stepped outside of yourself and be like, what, no, like you shouldn't be taking that for any reason as a human being. And it's just, but people, we want that quick fix and health has somehow become that. And I refuse to refuse to let that be, especially in, in the realm of mental
0: illness. So What's been the most challenging aspect of what you're doing now? That,
1: honestly, uh, you know, the people looking for, well, that's great. You know, I, you know, can you just tell me like, you know, how do I meditate more? I know I need to meditate more. I'm like, well, then maybe you shouldn't, you know, if you're asking me that kind of question or. We we kind of lean towards the the fluffy and the the fun side, and then I'm sitting there asking you the dark question. As far as like, okay, well, you know, talk about you know what's in your shadows. You know, what's what's kind of lurking in the past that you really aren't paying attention to. And if you listen and read all the the research and you know the biographies even of people that you know famous people that are are talking about you know their their mental struggles, all of them are saying the same thing that they had to talk about it but people don't want to hear that and that's that's a tough challenge i'm also well aware that i am not a glamorous topic and so it's hard for you to be the one that's like hey let's let's talk about hoarding anybody want to you know have a conversation no um i brought beer um no and so it's not it's it's hard doing that and i you know it's we mentioned before we started you know when it came to social media like you know it becomes like a whole bunch of infographics and you know, things like that. But then, you know, the people that, that see that and want to be flashy with it, you know, if you, if you just look the hashtags for mental health, like, you know, mental health or mental health matters, or self care is is not so all of those, within those, you know, hashtags, the images are just, you know, half naked women eating pizza on the beach, or, you know, dudes at the gym, like, you know, flexing their muscles. And that's great. Like, that's part of, you know, being, you know, uh, happy with yourself and comfortable with yourself, but that's all we see, you know, and it's, it's helping people. It's the definition behind the the name dark days, bright nights is, is that, that we, we live in this like kind of fog throughout the day with those of us that struggle with mental illness and the nights are what's splashy and, and fine because we're sleeping and, and able to turn off. That's the reality. And we either don't want to discuss it at all, or it's just—it's not cool. I, I mean, for lack of better term, it's just not cool for a lot of people to talk about. So, you know, we can talk about self-care and you know, being you know at the spa all day, and my mental health matters. So I'm going to take a trip to you know Maui with my friends. Yeah, but that's not all of us. So I I, en- I enjoy the chaos of those those tough conversations, but that's that's also. The challenge of what I do is that not many people necessarily want to or enjoy having those conversations until they are. So, getting people to do that is, but I like a challenge. I, you know, I was a middle school teacher for ten years, so chaos is kind of my middle name.
0: Do you yourself struggle with mental health?
1: I yes. I, if we're being honest, we all do to some degree, right? Uh, you know, we may not want to label it. You know, for myself, I you know probably hadn't for years. Um, But looking back, I I just turned 41 here on April 1st. And looking back on all those years, I mean, probably the better part of my 30s were some kind of blur of fooling myself that I was entirely happy in everything that I did. And I wasn't, you know, that's, and that's the thing, you know, we, we look at people and go, yeah, they're, they look fine. and. Their look of fine, of smiling, and you know, maybe you know, successful, monet, you know, financially, or all those kind of things, materialistically, they're not necessarily. And that's certainly, you know, where I was. I, I mean, I would say I probably had at some point, like I said, in the, you know, middle of my thirties, towards the end, um, some mild case of depression uh, when I started this this business. Definitely highly anxious and overwhelmed i'm grateful to have a support system both you know as a you know my parents my brother um, and then you know extended family you know through my wife that's not the case for everybody but yeah i mean it's it goes in waves and that's the thing you know we're getting people to be honest and getting people to have their story and share that part of them that you know they're willing to share and that you know that's that's important And, and, you know, I'm, I'm certainly one of those people.
0: What's been the most rewarding part of this journey so far?
1: Probably that internally that, you know, I, I got a chance to just feel comfortable with myself and not, not hide behind anything and, you know, pretend, you know, I, I've learned a lot of hard lessons of realizing that it's not all about me. Um, My mom used to joke with, you know, and as I was younger and growing up that, you know, it's, you know, it's not your. It's not all about you. And I was like, Oh no, I know that. But I I didn't realize what that meant, and I, you know, you learn at some point in your life that there's two versions of attention: there's positive attention and negative attention. And you know, I, I thrived off of of negative attention. That doesn't mean you know, I was making a fool of myself in situations and getting drunk, but I was looking for attention from people that that weren't weren't necessarily there to help me and support my 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 path entirely. When push came to shove, they were the people that shoved uh, for. For lack of better words, so realizing that has been the most rewarding, and being able to be okay with that, you know, like I said, I'm more than happy to be the guy that flies under the radar. And when I was younger, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to be a Kardashian, but I, I probably would have told you that I would have loved to have that version of success to some degree, and you know, call it being smacked in the face by the universe, call it finding you know a, a compatible you know partner in my life. Uh, You know, having a son, having another kid on the way—I don't know. Any mixture of all of those things, you know, kind of smacks you upside your head and makes you go, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Like it really isn't all about you, and that's okay. And that's so—that's been self-rewarding. And the way it's translated into the things I do, you know, when I just look at the the images for the the podcast and the brand, I began with, you know, here's me and here's the work I'm doing, and my name was on the cover. And then I my my name was in the title. And then I realized like, wait a minute, if you're there to help people truly, this isn't about you. You don't need your name in there. You don't need your picture there. I have my picture on the website now just so that you're looking at, well, who's JD? That guy. But it's one sentence. Here's what I do. And it's not like, hey, let me help you find the better version of you. Let me, let me do something for you. I, I. And it was that throughout most of my life. So it's rewarding to be able to say that. I, I can pull myself from it and I can focus the conversation where it needs to be versus, hey, let me help you out. And by the way, that's going to cost $250 per session. You know, it's like, yes, I still need to work. I still need to be paid. But it's almost like that's a an afterthought because, you know, the reality is that, you know, I mean, obviously you don't want to do everything for free, That, but there's a fine line of that that is hard to balance, you know, and were so go 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 and and think that like okay well you need to charge this and you need to spend this and yeah that has been truly and that's only within the past couple years honestly to fully get to that point Uh, you know certainly things don't happen
0: overnight but well first of all happy birthday that i I, by the time this goes out it'll be way after your birthday but i'm gonna say happy happy birthday to you anyways second is congratulations on the kid on the way that's exciting news. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit, right? Take the focus away from you. What has been your experience with mental health and addiction? What have you seen so far through your journey?
1: I, you know, I I'm fortunate to not have to deal with the extreme end of it, you know, personally, nor you know within an extended family. I personally, you know, the way it has it manifests at least in my life, I'm aware of at least of an addictive personality when it comes to certain things that nothing. I mean, I don't, I've never smoked anything in my life. I, um, it wasn't like, Oh, like, listen, listen, son, don't you dare. S- never. My dad it could, li- it could fill a whole nother podcast of the stories he had growing up and the amount of weed he smoked. So it's there. I know it's there, but it's just never been around me drinking the same thing. you know, I don't have anybody, I never saw my parents really drink growing up. That's just because it wasn't interesting to them. So it wasn't kind of in my forefront. So I'd be fine if you bought me like a six pack of Mountain Dew and we sat around and watched movies and at the campfire, whatever people do when they, you know, drink, I certainly enjoy it. But I, I know enough about myself. If I had certain things like that, it would be, it would be obsessive. So personally, that's how it manifests. It's just an addictive personality that you know. I feel like I need to have whatever it might be. You know, uh, this piece of technology or this gadget, or you know, buy more clothes or shoes. So I'm fortunate to be on the, the lighter side of it. But I don't deal with the lighter side all the time, um, and a lot of times you know, the reason they go hand in hand, mental health and addiction is because of that. There is a, a personality aspect to it that shows up in in various ways and, and multiple ways sometimes for people, you know, you can have a, a drug and alcohol addiction, you can have, you know, a, a sex addiction, you can have a book addiction, you know, there's, and that's the thing, the thing, you know, people are just like, well, I don't have one of those. But then usually you look at it like, well, um, you got a whole shelf full of, you know, Funko Pops over there, how much did you spend? Well, I mean, I just destroyed my life savings, and my wife is probably going to divorce. That's an addiction, you know. It's it's that kind of recognition that I think we kind of gloss over, and that happens to a lot of mental illnesses. That's not to make light of that. It, it's a lot of them that it's like, well, yeah, maybe I'm depressed, but I'm not like that guy that I saw on the TV the other day where he's like, you know, spending every day alone in his room and doesn't do dishes. I'm not that guy, so I'm okay. I'm not maybe but not necessarily you know so addiction is like that i, mean, I think to a higher degree that we forget that there's the personality aspect to it that it's just like because it's so physical depression anxiety you know ptsd they they are all manifest in, in physical ways too addiction seems to be the one you attach a word to the front of it, and that word is usually something physical, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever the case is. So I think that's important to recognize first and foremost for people. And, and before you can even begin to say, okay, here's here's a therapist, can you sit down and talk, you know, whatever the case is. That's a hard conversation. It's probably one of the tougher ones to, to talk to somebody about. Having a cigarette is not necessarily bad by itself. Um, you know, having a drink by itself is not bad. Having you know a sexual relationship with somebody is not bad in and of itself. It's it's when you can't stop doing something and it impacts the rest of your life. And a lot of people don't see that. And I mean, like I said, I don't have anything you know personally addicting that, that caused me, but I certainly have things that if I when I look back, I'm like, oh, you know, attached to my phone when I was younger. Like I said, you know, was looking for attention from people that weren't necessarily serving me in a positive light, I was neglecting at the time my my girlfriend who you is know, my wife now, but you know that's an addiction too. that's how addiction manifests is you know maybe in the physical, but the other one that that no one's necessarily you know seeing because it's in their rear view and they're not checking it is that there's somebody else that's it's it's impacting or somebody's else work even right so
0: how do you go about? helping somebody realize that they do have a problem? Like what's that process look like for you?
1: I mean, I, I ask a lot of deep questions anyway, uh, through my health coaching clients, uh, you know, like I said, I mentioned, you know, shadow work and a lot of that is, is those things is, is talking about, you know, um, past relationships with family members and stuff like that. You know, so along with that, you know, when it comes to recognizing things that you might be addicted to, it's that line of questioning is, well, how would you say that your relationship is with your sister if if that's the most important person that they've, they're discussing with me or their boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whoever it seems to be the the person that they spend the most time and rely on the most? You know, if you're being honest, what's that relationship look like? You know, and you can sort of kind of feel it right in the beginning that they're like, well, I mean, it's fine. Like we we get along. You know, so I'm sure sometimes we have our our disagreements, you can feel it in the hesitation and what they're saying. And it's like, okay, well, there's something more there. And a lot of times, you know, that's where I have to step in and, and, and just be like, okay, well, this is, there's where my line is. And that's where, I, that's as much as I can help. Cause it's, un, it's undoing a lot of things that are probably in the, the most serious Boy Scout not ever in your life that gone on for so long and you feel so okay with them that they've just become normal just last month went to go see a, a cousin who um, was retiring from uh, the police department up in New Jersey. And as we were driving uh, from one place to the other, I met like probably everybody on the, on the force from you know chief of police to incoming chiefs of police. It was like this whirlwind of people. Um, and we started our day like early at like one and changed places at like four o'clock. Uh, went from like a restaurant to just you know like a bar to hang out with. And these people, these guys do this all the time with each other. And so, you know, they're well aware how much they need to keep their bearings in check. Well, one guy just like I met him in the beginning and I met him three hours later and I was ready for I mean, it's a retirement party. It's a bunch of Jersey bros and I can't say anything. It's where I was born, too. But in my head, I'm like, this is going to be a mess before we even leave it for And as I'm looking around, as I, you know, recalling it later, I'm like, I don't think I saw anybody drink anything hard. Like a beer is all I really saw. They had the opportunity to. One guy three hours later was a mess and a nice mess. You know, he's, you know, thanking me for being there. He just met me. And I guess I was like that important that I was there to see my cousin. You know, he's just super nice and affectionate kind of person when he's drunk as leaving, I get a whole different story of that. His wife passed away like three years ago from cancer. He's got an older daughter that he just wasn't connecting with, I guess, prior to that. And they're having a hard time connecting. He's got like a new girlfriend and she's an equal drunk mess. And so it just started cascading and you don't sit there and go up. Oh, well, that explains it. Of course he's a mess. You know, if, if you're someone like me, and and someone that should be paying attention, you know, anyway, is what we should be doing. You go, there you go. Like, there's why you're having a hard time, you know, realizing your boundary and where you are and what's appropriate anymore, because there's a lot of past trauma, you know, or there was an example set a lot of times when it comes to alcohol addiction, for example. You saw a parent that was like that. You know, Addiction is nine times out of ten, I feel that that thing that you saw somebody else do it and nobody said that's extreme and that's not an okay level to be at. Or if they did, it was like, don't you ever drink. Your father's an alcoholic and I don't want you to drink. And so you had this complete averse and you had, so you have no boundary whatsoever. It was like, nobody said anything or somebody said too much. And so you grow up and you don't know any better. Best example, but like most recent I could pull out of my head of where I saw it, that it was like, you know, you don't necessarily just, and that's a lot of things with mental illness. We don't just go up. Oh, you're you've got depression. You're probably depressed and you have, you know, high anxiety and you might have several things. You know, it's never just one. Addiction is definitely that that it's you're addicted to something, but you're addicted to something because you have some past trauma or you know, you have high anxiety and this is how you cope with your anxiety and that's the only way anybody told you was that you need to have a a, you know, a dysfunctional relationship with you know, whatever, whoever you're attracted to, you know, and, you know, you look at sexual addiction, right? That's, that's usually hand in hand, you know, you find out later when it becomes this extreme case that somebody died or somebody got arrested, it was like, well, you know, his, his father used to beat his mother in front of him. And so he has no perception of what a, a a functioning relationship with a, a woman is and they're how it manifests. And a lot of times, it's unfortunate you hear that in true crime podcasts, especially, it's like you hear that line, it's like, ah, that's why he did that. And it's not, it's, it's part of the story. And that's the unfortunate part when it comes to addiction, especially, is that you kind of use that phrase of, you know, well, they did this, this and this, and then you know, the person telling the story or, you know, or relaying the story or whatever the case is, they go, you know, we had, he suffered from mental illness. We all do. We don't all do things extreme. There's another thing that might be struggling with them, but it's not that one thing. They, you know, they didn't learn to cope. They didn't learn to have good conversations with people. They didn't know how to be, you know, they were socially awkward. Like there's a lot of things to build up. Addiction is, is, is a, it's a slippery slope because of
0: that. You pile a lot of things on. What kind of resources are out there for people with mental health? Like, besides just like your therapist, Like, are there more things at home that people can do, or is it do you try to steer them towards like people like you or actually going to therapy?
1: I, I'm a huge, I've never been to therapy. My father has. I know when we were my brother and I were younger, I, I think he may or may not still go. Um, I haven't heard they just. They moved closer to us. So I don't know if they've gotten that around to, to doing that, but I know for a while there he was. And I mean, I love my father, uh, I, I, you know, regardless of whatever happened. And I know like this much uh, of his story, and that's his choosing. I, I, I truly feel I might be like the easiest first step for a lot of people because it's like, okay, I don't want to tell somebody that I'm going to therapy. I have a health coach. This guy talks about mental illness and he's helping me answer some big questions. My hope, though, what I made clear in the beginning, but you know, even if I hadn't got to that point with that client, I'm at least in my head going, I can't wait to get them to the point where they feel comfortable with themselves so they can do X, whatever that is. You know, make a big move or start, you know, dreaming bigger and, and you know, fulfilling the projects that they had in their head or getting up the gumption to say like, okay, yeah, I, you uncovered a lot and I need to dig deeper therapy is a good idea finding that first step and if I'm the easy one great but you know finding a therapist is 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 important um, they're licensed to do that they it's not just a catch-all you know like you don't have a, a personal trainer you know for for you know everything you know you want to lose weight or gain muscle like, like do it all they've got a you know they've got a program for everything it's not that there are therapists that deal specifically with addiction there's therapists that deal specifically with Um, PTSD. There's therapists that deal with people that have complex PTSD and are journalists. There's, you know, therapists for black and Asian. You know, they really, they really thought about what they're doing. And that's, that's great because we're human and I might be depressed. You might be depressed. Mine is for a different reason possibly than yours or. It, it it impacts me differently. Uh, you know, you may be able to just go, okay, this is a sad day. It's just today. Whereas my sad day might have the same reason that our favorite hockey team lost. And we have the same hockey team, but you might carry that for a week, you know, whereas I might carry it for a day, you know, it's something simple, but that's, I think that's the great thing about therapists is that they, they saw the fact that there's a human being and that human being is complex, beautifully so. So it's getting people to, to kind of be open to whatever resource that might be. You know, I have several resources on my website alone for that reason, because it's like, okay, you came to me for one reason, but I, I'll be the first. I can't do everything. I don't want to do everything. I don't want to fix everybody. I hope that I can at least be the building block for whatever you need to fix that. But there are plenty, here's plenty of people to, to delegate that. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people will, will they, they want to be like, oh, and that's, you know, you asked at the beginning, like, you know, and, you know, I was mentioning like my scope of practice, like people want to, it's human nature. We want to be able to fix everything and do everything. And. Being able to say that you can't is—that's a whole other bag of worms, anyway. For for people, I—I I mean, I—I I think that's probably something that I can tell you that I'm proud of. That I will—I'll be the first to tell you that I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but hold on, I'll do the work for you to find that. You at least have to take the step to to use that resource, and people appreciate that. You know, people don't—we Google everything, but we—we we shouldn't um you know especially health things and let google have all the answers if they want but we don't need to as human beings towards each other for sure
0: i laugh at that statement only because i'm guilty of looking something up i got a pain in my arm oh my god i'm dying right because webmd tells you that now all of a sudden you have bone cancer or something and not minimizing cancer by any means but i just found that very funny
1: My wife does it all the time and she's a nurse with probably more medical knowledge in her head than any one human being should have. Uh, But neither one of us, this is our first kid and thankfully he's, he's pretty amazing and doesn't have too many issues. But in the beginning, I mean, we didn't have a thousand and one books. We barely read the books that we were given, but you know, you, you realize right away that if you start Googling like 18 month old and you don't even finish that statement, it's like a string of things wrong, and it's funny like one one day that'll be my next podcast is just being a being a parent or being a dad more specifically, but it's laughable. it really is because you you see it right away with that and here's early on in life and that's that manifests as an adult that most of the things that they'll tell you about having a kid, I don't know if you have kids, but it's a great thing to have. I would't have told you that I would have like I said, we were middle school teachers and I could there were days, and before that, I was uh, I worked in retail in college. And I used to joke when a kid would, Old Navy, so I'll give you an image of what the store looks like, kid would go running down the aisles and knock something over and I'd be like, well, there's reason 592 I don't want kids. So neither one of us, but we enjoy the the chaos of trying to figure things out and go, okay, you can't communicate yet. Hold on. Let's figure this out together. But if you looked and seriously like wanted to find help with something like that, most of those things will tell you, like, here's this, this, and this to try. <laughs> And either there's the next bullet point, the next sentence, or in parentheses, it'll go, but that may not be your kid. And that right there is the explanation for everything human-related. Take away the word kid. This may not be your husband. This may not be your sister. It may not be your uncle. Whatever the case is, whatever you just looked up, they should have that statement on everything when it comes to, to health-related or especially mental illness, you know, because it's like, well, I mean, I... <laughs> I got sucked into it the other day. Like our cat drives us nuts and he's never been like that before. I've never had a cat that does that, but you have a kid that's not sleeping well some nights and you have a cat that's driving you nuts as well. You start looking at things and I just was looking for things that, you know, how can I help a cat? And they're nocturnal of course, but how can I help him? And it says, you know, the question was like, I put in is, and I don't even know what I was like actually looking for Cause cause I got so locked is my cat. And it filled in the next one was depressed. I'm like, I never considered that. Well, let me see what that means. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, well, is he eating right? Well, I think so. Is he doing, I don't, I don't know. So then later on that night, I sit in bed with my wife and I was like, do you think, do you think Spiff, do you think he's depressed? She's like, what? I, so I do it too, but you know, that's, they aren't lies. It's a perfect example when it comes to like kids that it it, it, it it's so true. We're, we have so many things that are unique about us and similar about us, but no one thing when it comes to health is going gonna, is gonna to work for everybody, maybe a huge population. I mean, that sounds great, but it's upsetting. You know, like for me, that manifests in the ways of journaling or telling people to meditate. People will go, oh, well, I tried journaling and or I tried meditating. Well, so tell me about that. Like, what did you, how did, what did you do? And they'll be like, well, you know, I followed this, this, and this, or I read this, and this, and this. And they said that you need to sit down in a perfectly quiet place for like an hour and just close your eyes and, you know, try not to think too much. I'm like, have you tried with your eyes open, not thinking too much, you know, slow down a second like that. A, unless you're sitting on top of, you know, Everest, you're not going to find a quiet space ever. And that's fine. Number two, who has an hour for meditating? Unless this is your job. Do you have two minutes? Well, yeah, maybe like when I lay down, but it said I'm supposed to sit up and sit in this. No. Before you go to bed, you turn off the lights. Just close your eyes for like two minutes. Well, what about the, I'm, I keep thinking about all the bad things today. The Great. They happened. You know, so it's like, it's that, you know, You when you start parsing it out, you realize that, oh, well, I actually can use that or not, you know, but people just suck into, I need that fix. That fix, Johnny, I can totally fix me right now. And then you're disappointed and you're back to square one or worse. It's like, well, that didn't fix my anxiety. Now I'm even more anxious because now, what do I do? You know, so uh, you know, it's it's helping people find you know whatever small modality is it works for them, and I like that. I, I enjoy making people find that aha moment, and, and it might be something they were doing all along. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you, here's how I did it. It may not work. but Give it a try. Um, and they're like, oh, that's it. It's that. It's, it's we we try and find so much complex to do because you have a complex issue and it's like, well, hold on, you know, well, why are they drinking? Well, you know, they might be addicted to this because video games Let's we'll just use that as an easy one. Right. You know, it's great. And you can make a business out of it, but it's like, why are they doing that? Well, because you know, if we're looking at maybe a teenager, well, they, you know, they don't get along with their dad, you know, or like they're not, they don't like being at home because their parents are fighting. Well, hold on. You're trying to fix him because he's playing too many video games. Go back to that one. What, what about the dad? Like, well, I mean, I don't really like, you know, my, my dad doesn't really know how to talk to me. I don't, I don't know how to help you necessarily. Did you try talking to him? Yeah, he's not cool. We're not cool dads, but we should be at least be able to, to have a conversation, be respectful. You know, so it's like that. It's like people go, oh, wait, I'm trying to fix somebody else. But there's another situation that may be causing why they are. I'll give you one last like, quick example. I was at the gym like several weeks ago and I overheard this guy. Talking about his son, that he's not eating and, and not you know doing well at school or something like that. He's talking to some other random person at the gym, loud. I I pick up on everything, and so I'm you know piecing it all together. And he's talking about that you know his wife passed away, and she was the one who cooked all the food, and she was from I don't know what ethnic background, but not Italian, but I guess made like I've heard him say like she made all these like great Italian meals and you know or dinners at least like that. And he's, you know, got him in a in therapy. He was going to see a dietitian. He's, you know, tried cooking and burgers the other night. And I'm like, so he's like talking to this lady. And this lady, God bless her, like she was like the sweetest old lady. She was like, if you tried feeding mashed potatoes, and I'm like, that's the solve right there. Like that's that's the generation that we're not that we're not paying attention to. She's like, if you just tried making gravy potatoes, and she was just trying. But I'm like, I I mean. And so there's my scope of practice. Again, I'm, I'd, I'd love to say something. And I'm relaying the story to my wife. She's like, please tell me you didn't say anything. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't interrupt. Um, if he said something, if he, if he pulled me into the conversation, here's what I would have said. You said to, out loud, and you weren't listening to the fact that your son loved your mom's cooking. His mom passed away. He associates food with his mom. He's not eating because he doesn't like you. He's not eating because he doesn't like the food. He's got something else he needs to talk about, he, he, and that. And it's like it sounds simple, but you, he was so focused on fixing his son and what could be wrong with my son and what am I not doing right. It's not. He just didn't listen. To me. And I don't know if that fixes it, but it, you know, it, it's that. It's like okay, try that. Try, try just asking him. I, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know, but you know that. Like you know. How does your son feel about the fact your wife passed away? And I think he said like only two or three years. That's a short amount of time. So, I mean, that is is what we have to pay attention to. And that's what I hope, you know, hearing stories on my show and, and hearing, you know, me talk, it helps people go, oh, yeah, um, that dude needs to go out of my life. Like, of course I need to cut out toxic people. He he admitted that that's hard to do. I got it. At least somebody's aware of that. But, oh, yeah, um, I haven't tried that. Occam's razor, right? The the simplest solution is probably the right one. Hard to swallow.
0: What's some words of wisdom that you could give somebody who's struggling with their mental health?
1: Easy. Uh, And it's, it's one of my, I don't know where I found it but i used to tell students all the time because i was the seventh and eighth graders you know when you're in middle school it's the worst time of your life everything is changing and you have no idea how to articulate that and i used to love having those conversations with kids that somebody gave up on and not necessarily like you know your parents like didn't like them or that but teachers would pass them on you know from sixth grade to seventh grade and go you're gonna have fun with steven like he doesn't like paying attention he kind of like i'm like great i'm eager to meet steven because i wasn't like you know that's like go to war like you know try it with me like look at me i'm the tough tattoo teacher watch like try it dude it was like okay i want to hear what you need Stephen. and so i used to tell kids all the time and it's just kind of been my my phrase all the time uh, you know going forward that just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping and i, I think we forget that uh, it, it's like be like admitting that you have something wrong or broken and i'll be the first to tell you i do that too uh, you yeah, know my my warranty definitely gave out at 40 and I've spent this past year with our son, that I'm like, I, you know, I just wanted to get out of forty. I couldn't wait to turn forty-one. I was scared enough at forty. I'm like, well, I don't have all these things done at forty, but it was like everything, everything hurt that like didn't before. And I'm not like the strongest person, the most, the most fit person, but I mean, my my back and my ankle was hurting from you know probably walking too much with him when he was little. You know, I was tired. My nose and side, it was like everything. And I'm like. This is terrible, but admitting that I'm falling apart, and I'd say it jokingly, and my wife was like, I'm not falling apart, but it's like saying that out loud. That was a lot for me. It was like this is I need help, <laughs> you know. But we don't want to say that. It's like oh no, I'm fine, you know. Give me something. Just, we'll, we'll hang out. I'll be fine. No big deal. But just because you need help, it, it doesn't mean that you know you don't need it and 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 don't deserve it. That's my parting, my soundbite for wisdom. I, I think it's just something that you know people people need to be okay with, and it changes a lot. It, it changed my life being able to you know look at my family and look at my my wife and, and go, look, like I'm I'm sorry, I, I I messed up, and I'm I wasn't paying attention. And my wife will tell you, like that during I'll be like 35, 36, it was like you know, it was like, you know, one more step. And it was like, and I'm, I'm not the neglectful that not the abusive, not the, the cheating, none of those extremes. It was just I wasn't paying attention to us like I started. And, you know, I was focused on teaching, I was focused on what I could look like as a teacher and how far I could go and what I could impact and forgot her. And she'll tell you that like, she was close to just not I would be sitting here right now, I'm sure. If, if that happened, I have great parents and they would have saved me to some degree, but having somebody that you can admit that you, you need help to and, then, and, and letting them know, uh, you'd be astounded how many people go, yeah, I'm so glad you asked.
0: JD thanks for coming on. Thanks for imparting your wisdom. It's been uh, an eye-opening uh, conversation for sure. I didn't know what was gonna happen when I started this series but I have definitely seen myself in a lot of these different stories and people that I've talked to and I mean I'm not perfect by any stretch of the means but it's kind of that reminder of damn I, I gotta fix myself too right
1: And that's good. that's that's a great thing. That's not a ah crap I'm a mess. You know, it's sure you can still be a mess, but it's like, okay, you know, you don't need a five year plan. You don't need a 10 year plan. You just need a, okay, what's tomorrow look like? I'm going to wake up at six instead of staying in bed till 10. Great. Done you know, next week I'll try another step. You know, it's that. That's great. I'm glad to hear that.
0: But why don't you go ahead, plug your podcast, whatever platform, your website, where can they find you at, man?
1: All wrapped up in one. And I I did that for numerous reasons, but it just feels good to be able to say, just head to darkdaysbrightnights.org. You can find any and everything involved with what I do from the show I have a new project going along with the way I gather stories I have a project that gathers stories kind of feeds the podcast but I just in realizing that people just need to talk I have a whole new free initiative of called Ask JD and you can just come and seriously ask me anything because like I'm just a human being I'm not an expert but realize that we all are suffering through something and something similar just needed to help. Darkdaysbrightnights.org,
0: come hang out. JD, thanks again for coming on and I hope you have a good day. Yeah, man, you too, thank you.
1: We leave you now with this episode of Addicted. Just remember that there are many people out there struggling with addiction
0: issues. And for every one person who finds sobriety, there are millions out there who haven't overcome this demon known as addiction. Thank you for listening to Addicted.